What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, and I'm joined by my good, good friend, JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? It's going pretty well, Riley. I just heard my wife scream upstairs, so I hope everything's okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you need to investigate the root cause? You said no, scream? I think she's playing games with some friends. Don't be alarmed, but okay. I'm sure everything is okay. Yeah, spoken like a true loving husband. <laughs> What's going on with you? Uh, not a lot, man. Not a lot. Uh, you know, just keep plugging at the grind. I got my wisdom teeth out on uh, on Friday. That was fun. Very cool. Uh, just the top ones. My bottom ones were removed a long time ago, actually. Um, okay. As like a why the delay? Procedure. Well, the other ones were just for prior to braces, and like the top ones, they honestly weren't even a problem. Like they, I probably didn't even need to get them removed. But um, gotcha. I have pretty good insurance, and I had a referral for my last dentist appointment. Um, so I just ended so up going. So why not? Yeah, yeah, they did. They had some pretty good like procedures in place for for COVID, like as good as you can get for being a you know an oral surgery place. Yeah, and uh, didn't end up too loopy. No funny videos or anything from it. I just had a crown put on. Yeah, how did that yeah. go? So that it was fine. I mean, it, it was good. I feel comfortable at this dentist that I go to. So um, yeah. it was very nice. They did a good job, I think. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it's any just crowns yet. It's just kind of funny going into... Well, I cracked my front tooth in a tennis accident. And yeah. so it wasn't like... I mean, I do I, have... I have, a, I have like teeth. a chip repair, but it's not really a full crown yet. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I have bad teeth, but, uh, this one, I just like needed particular attention. Yeah. And so I, it's just very weird to do all these activities that we used to just not think about. And then going into the dentist's office, they only have, you know, like four appointments yeah. in any one, you know, slot, I don't know, two hour slot or one hour slot. And so there's only, you know, five chairs set up in the lobby. They're all spaced as far as they can be. And then, <laughs> You go in and they check your temperature and they write your temperature down. And then, you know, you have to wear a mask until they ask you to take it off. It's just a it's it's interesting how much of this stuff we took for granted. And I, I'm just really realizing it now, you know, well, no, I'm not sure. realizing it. I'm not realizing no, just I, I now, but like mean. this is my first big, you know, I know, um, I know what you mean. appointment. Right. And so it's just interesting how this stuff is. Um, is happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's working out. Well, because like you know wisdom teeth removal is a pretty like extensive procedure yeah um, it is and so like you need a ride and like they need to stay in the area is like part of the deal um yeah. and also as a sidebar you're you're right that they only have a couple appointments in these places and they really don't want you to cancel or move them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. i don't know if you tried to but like no. i i ran into an issue and i was like oh maybe i should just reschedule and i'm like uh you know my ride is having i'm having trouble finding a ride like Mm -hmm. maybe i should just reschedule for a different date and they're like no 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 like your ride can leave if they need to as long as they're back by like the specified time like just please yeah. like <laughs> come in please come in uh it's <laughs> so, like I, I get it though like i honestly yeah do. um but i did find a ride um they took both of our temperatures then he had to wait outside he wasn't even allowed to stay in the lobby he had to go to his car um, whoa yeah and he just he just worked in his car for a little bit um yeah and you know the procedure went great though i i honestly like you know they give you like prescription pain medication as well as like the prescription strength advils or whatever um after wisdom teeth surgery and i never used any of it i didn't use any of the medication that they gave me. i'll tell you what that sounds a lot like my i had my wisdom teeth removed in high school and they pretty much came out clean i don't think there was any like impacting or kind of crookedness that you often find with wisdom teeth and so i had mine out I waited like probably five hours and like that night I was eating soup and other, yeah. I think I ate a sandwich that night. Like I ate soups, I was and, soups and ice cream for like the first yeah. day. Um, I probably didn't need to on day two. I just wanted, I just had leftover soup and ice cream. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then after that I was fine. And like, I never took I didn't, I never took even like a regular Advil. I've, I yeah. felt pretty good the whole way. Um, yeah. I was very paranoid about dry sockets. Um, yes. And so like, 
I've been messing around with like a harmonica recently and like playing that and that's been fun but like I was really afraid that it would give me dry sockets they tell you like not to even use straws right yeah so I'm like is the act of like sucking on the harmonica because like there's an inward motion for harmonicas there is like is that going to give me dry sockets or something (laughs) right oh that's hilarious (laughs) that's so funny yeah I hadn't even thought about that yeah of course playing harmonica could give you dry sockets yeah so it was pretty messed up um but it, mostly just my mindset. But on, it, it's been fine. Uh, I'm just eating normally now. Um, I I did, uh, you know, as like a, a tick before, my t- I used to like poke it with my tongue where it was like sticking out. And now it's gone. And that feels kind of lame. <laughs> you yep. know? I don't know if you ever did that. But I whatever. Have... Dental procedures aside, uh, yeah, <laughs> here we are. Just mere hours ahead of the Darkness of Blaze set drop. And honestly, it feels like Darkness of Blaze is... People don't even seem to care that much anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see anyone talking about it on Twitter or anything. No, you're right. You're right. I I think there's just a general apathy. And then you're seeing it with like the PTCGO bugs. But But that that is one thing I did want to talk about for sure. But I'm pretty excited with Darkness of Blaze. I think it's going to open up a lot of new things in the format. Primarily, we're going to see the rise of Pokemon VMAX, which I'm really excited about. We're finally kind of stepping into this new generation, right? They introduced VMAXs, um, you know, over the course of the last two sets, but now we're actually going to see VMAXs be kind of a focal point, I think, of the metagame, certainly post-rotation and and potentially even um, in this kind of awkward two-week format. Sure. And so that's what I'm most excited about to see which VMAXs come out. Cause I think there are some VMAXs that get um, hugely buffed by some of the new cards that come out. I think primarily of the VMAX that I'm most interested to test that I haven't seen anyone talk about. And that's stone journer. Uh, but there are some other VMAXs that, that I think the symbol on the top right of that card or yeah, uh, basically, I mean, think <laughs> of another VMAX that, has that fighting weakness that you would rather play? I, I don't know I, I don't that know. I can think of one. I probably so, in any case, there are some VMAXs that I'm really excited to just try to figure out. Like, the biggest thing for me is trying to figure out, like, a Rose engine. Um, yeah, Rose is cool. That is a cool card. So, Rose is cool, and that's what I want to really test out, and that's going to probably be my first, like, couple of days with the new format is just trying to figure out how Rose can be effectively played. Cause I do think we'll find like the package, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be with Sil Valley? Is it going to be with Rose tower? Are you going to play a heavy count of Rose? Are you going to play a light count of Rose? What's the support Pokemon that you need to make that work? Do you play a Rangaroo or not? You know, there are all these questions are surrounding Rose on how to effectively use it. That for me is going to be the biggest question heading into this you know, new set, this new metagame, this new format. Yeah. I, another, the only other fighting deck I can even really think of besides the, uh, um, God, why can't I, why am I forgetting its name right now? Stone Journer? No, besides Stone Journer. The, uh, is it Galarian Farfetch, Surfetch? Well, no, but the the deck I'm thinking of is the, uh, Santa Cana deck, but the, as far as like the one I'm trying to get to, but the the one I am blanking on is the it's little curvy looking guys. You know what I'm talking about? The Pasimian knockoff. Pasimian knockoff. Yeah, the t- you're really you're really letting me down on this one. Phalanx. No, I, I Phalanx. Well, oh, Phalanx. Yeah, God, yeah, of course. You you suck, man. You suck. Oh, <laughs> I, I really I really needed you to be there for me in that one. Well, I was I was trying to think because I was like, what VMAXs are No, there? I wasn't talking about VMAXs. I was talking about just like fighting Pokemon in general. Um, uh, so that's on you. I feel like <laughs> the the curvy looking guys who are Pacimia knockoffs should have been more than enough to get you there. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> they do you look like been, curvy. You could have you could have given me like a hint, like another name for a roman battle formation but i didn't know it and that i would have been like oh well, yeah <laughs> if i knew it was a roman battle formation i would have known it was phalanx i would have <laughs> need to <laughs> whatever uh but santa con is like the only other fighting type deck besides phalanx and sojourner i can even yeah. think of yeah um <laughs> Well, and that too. I mean, I'm I'm excited to try these fighting decks because I think like the format is kind of going in this in this direction where it's kind of 
there seem to be a lot of very strong, very powerful Pokemon rising up that are weak to fighting. You think of things like Eternatus. You think of things like Vikavolt. I mean, and then in this weird two-week uh, format, you have Picaram, um, and you have Toxtricity. And so... Yeah, Toxtricity guess... is really getting hurt by this one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Unlucky. <laughs> Anyway, there, there's a lot of things that people are excited about that are weak to fighting, and I just think it's a good opportunity to try to explore that. That's the card that I'm most um, interested in as kind of like, if everyone goes right, then I can go left with this card. Um, sure. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, play I'd rather play Santa Conda because it's more hype. You'd rather play Santa Conda, huh? Yeah, it's definitely more hype. Well, how, how would you play Santa Conda? With the Colossal, man. It's so cool. Ah, but how would that? I, it doesn't get any better. No. Turbo patch. Maybe turbo patch, but I'm just thinking this is cool. It's freaking yep. sick. Are you going to be getting a lot of the new set, Riley? A lot of the new set, like physically TCGO. I'm not really buying a lot of physical cards right now, just because I don't know realistically when the next time I'll get to use them is. Unfortunately. Um, I do plan on loading up my TCGO again, as I do every set, even if I yeah. don't use it a ton. Um, right. And I use it a decent amount more recently, but um, like early right. normal clash, I loaded up and like didn't do anything with it. <laughs> right. Right. Because uh, I was so busy. Whatever though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I the actual darkness of blaze cards besides like Turbo Patch and the Rose stuff. I think Rose Tower is actually a really sick card. Um, especially, I love. It's that very card. good. Yeah, it should it should be very good. I mean, we've seen this same effect on Oranguru in the past, and that was you know the instruct was a staple in a lot of decks, even as a one of. But now we have the stadium card, maybe uh, has a little bit of a different use, and you know obviously it's not Pokemon, but and your opponent gets access to it, but it should open up some uh, various new avenues to play. And again, we think of this combo with Rose. Uh, that should be very potent. Yeah, and I I don't know if Rose Tower is going to really come out swinging because it you know your hands are pretty big in this format. Um, but I just I like the card. I could see it having longevity or like some niche value at yeah. some point, even if it's not like an immediate thing. So yeah, I'm For a sure. fan. I'm a fan of Rose. And the yep. Rose Tower. Um, I, what, we, what I do want to talk about uh, before we get too deep in the darkness of Blaze Rabbit Hole, uh, you referenced it earlier. I mentioned that I want to talk about it. Is the TCGO catastrophe that happened today? It's now granted, as we are recording this, it seems like a lot of it has been fixed according to Twitter sources. Um, but for those of you who are unaware or like haven't seen this going on, earlier today there was a, a patch in TCGO. Um, I don't know exactly what they were doing with this patch because Darkness of Blades cards were already in the client. Um, I guess they were just updating it. Um, They've been putting in the tournament keys and stuff, but I, I don't really know why. Why now was like the time to do that? But somehow the act of adding in tournament keys just broke like every card. And the way I think it actually happened, I think David Hockman put, is it David David? Uh, the way he summarized it on his Twitter, I think is about right um where the car basically these cards are basically storing like variables of what they're pointing to you know like if you scoop up net the scoop up net is storing that it's pointing to like a zigzagoon and then it acts right. upon that storage um but i seems like individual copies of cards were like permanently storing its target uh yep. so if you recycle them with like a v vs seeker or a sableye or an oranguru it would continue to target that original target no matter where they were. If they were in the deck, if they were in the discard, if they are in the prizes, in their hand, like, the effect would carry out no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's these crazy clips. And if you haven't seen these, you, like, you have to just scroll through Twitter and look on these, everyone who's listening. Um, yeah. But, you know, Scoop Up Net was scooping up entire boards. People were playing clay, and it was discarding all of their <laughs> prize cards. <laughs> <laughs> people were weldering like pokemon from their discard pile <laughs> it was yeah. absolutely insane <laughs> yeah things were going on that just i mean it made the game unplayable but it was pretty funny some of the stuff that was like i love the one where a guy played an az uh, and it just yeah scooped up his entire board and he just <laughs> lost immediately like that's just so funny 
It is so <laughs> funny. And I don't know how tournament keys played into that. <laughs> but, sure. But sure. I'm definitely, yeah. I'm kind of glad it did because it was very interesting to watch. I was cracking up today just throughout the day watching these crazier and crazier clips that people were making. <laughs> yeah. I think one of yeah. my favorite ones was this guy, like, you know, he stored a bunch of clays and he clayed away his prizes except for one and then used first GX to take the last prize. <laughs> That's so busted. That's like a turn one win every time. It was so funny. And uh, another one that I really liked was the clay got rid of all the guy's hand and all of his prizes. And then every card he drew thereafter went into the prizes. <laughs> So he had like 10 prizes or something? Well, kind of, but like the prizes also became invisible. <laughs> so, so they were just kind of like going to the Nega Realm or something. Like it was insane. That's wild. That is wild. Needless to say, some major patches were needed. It seems like as of the recording of this video that most, if not all, have been taken care of, which... It would lead me to believe that they either had like an all hands on deck, like emergency coding session, or that it was a minor error that just kind of interacted with the game in a way that they could have never predicted. And yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that it happened. And like, it's kind of scary to think that, you know, on the eve of a set release that all this stuff could go wrong. I mean, it just makes you think about, you know, if they have with, and it's strongly implied with these tournament keys that they'll have many more tournaments in the future. It's just really scary to think that they could patch something that would completely ruin the game and render it unplayable. I mean, I was definitely a fan of watching it unfold, but it was kind of disheartening. And I feel like we have harped on TCGO a lot on this part podcast over the last few months. And, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. We've already talked about how in the current state, it's not ready um, but this was definitely like a re-emphasizing of that. Like, even if they fixed most of the bugs or even all of them that were directly related to whatever happened, um, it ultimately, like, does it even matter? Like these, you know, this, we keep running into a lot of game breaking bugs and this one got addressed quickly, but you know, we've had other examples that lasted for months and months and months, beast energy being an infamous example. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would love to see it. And I think this really pushed a lot of people over the edge and in, in having that dialogue um, and trying to figure out like what needs to happen. Um, ultimately, like we don't have a, a, an immediate solution at the end of the day, right? Like we are not TPCI. We can't say, and you know, TPCI also contracts this. And so we can, we can obviously like as a community, we can, you know, sum up our complaints and, and you know use the appropriate channels be it support tickets or you know twitter or whatever um to voice those but um you know we're kind of trapped and it seems like the intent though is to push more competitive stuff like you were saying with the tournament keys yeah so it's kind of like you're a little at odds with yourself here <laughs> yeah yeah you're kind of right you're pushing these two different messages intentionally or unintentionally i mean the intentionality is there we see the tournament keys i think there's a lot of speculation on what those could mean there's obviously like a very um there are two sides like two ways that tournament keys could go like on the one hand tournament keys could be something that they just give out for free um you know and you get say 10 tournament keys for every month or something and then at the end of the month if you've used your tournament keys like the best you know 100 players or whatever get to go into a separate invitational only tournament like that would be the best case scenario for tournament keys and then like worst case scenario could be something like you have to buy tournament keys or something, you know, and then you redeem that for ways to play in more. Anyway, there's ways that the tournaments can, keys can go, but um, putting that out shows me that they do want to have more competitive play in the game. But then on the flip side of that, whether, I mean, they obviously didn't intend for the whole game to crash the way it did, but they're sending another message that, they just don't really care that much about the game. Like if you're going to publish something like that, if you're going to put something like that out in the world. And I'm talking about the bugged client that we saw for the better part of, I don't know, 12 hours today. Um, 
that if you push that out in the world, intentionally or unintentionally, you are saying to your fans and to the people that play the game, like, we really don't care about this. <laughs> and that's that's disheartening. That's concerning. Um, and I, I just hate to see it. And what I think ultimately the real conflict is, is like, you know, you can have these tournament keys and, you know, the, the Players' Cup rewards that they passed out to everyone who participated today. You know, they said Autumn Players' Cup in it. So, like, or maybe it was Summer, whatever. They said, like, a, a seasonal Players' Cup. And suggesting mm-hmm. that there would be future players' cups is the idea, and tournament keys also implies that. Um, but time and time again, we've run into the conflict um, where this client isn't really suitable for tournament play. And so, if you want to push tournament play, you have to actually upgrade your system. Um, mm-hmm. And whether that means like we need to find a new dev team or hire more developers, maybe they're just too strapped on people. I, like, I can't say what that what the root cause of that is. To me, it seems like a lot of the things that, were, that we ran into today were things that probably could have been found with like relatively simple QA. Um, mm. And that's and I don't want to attribute like malfeasance to to these developers. I'm sure like they're trying their hardest and and they mean well, but um, you know it could be a staffing issue or you know lack of priority or whatever sure. sure at the end of the day we don't know the only thing that we know is what was put out and so like it's tr- it's hard um you know i, I we are, are trying to put out this kind of air of positivity we're trying to give a lot of um you know credit where credit is due for what we have i think we both are very thankful for what we do have but at the end of the day you know what you put out is what you're ultimately judged on and the product that we received today let a lot of people down and simply i mean wasn't acceptable for a, a company the size of pokemon <laughs> yeah i mean if, if you're this size and you're putting out something that could affect any card like qa should should hit that like you should have you should be testing your cards and like seeing that these things are happening yeah. um, it's water under the bridge um, you know, at least they've taken the active step of like addressing yeah. it as soon as possible. very, very happy that that has happened. And that needs to happen, obviously, with, uh, you know, tomorrow coming up, it's a big day. Darkness of Blaze coming out just needed to happen. Make sure that these problems didn't persist into the weekend. Yeah. So another interesting topic, though, on the topic of like Pokemon Company is they also have come up with their own podcast, kind of stepping on our turf a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would say as much as we say about the client, but no, no, for sure. Not for sure. Not, but yeah, this is a very cool thing. If you guys haven't heard, there is a new Pokemon trading card game. Well, not exclusively trading card game, but trading card game podcast that comes out every Wednesday and it's on Twitch and also on YouTube and also on Spotify, Google, and iTunes. If it sounds familiar, that's right. It is because we have done that for the last two years, but this is not a bitter <laughs> statement about that. I think this is very cool. I'm stoked to have Pokemon come into the podcasting sphere and to have all these great minds come together and give their takes, be it people that, you know, commentate. It's a lot of commentators for VGC and TCG, uh, some people that work at the company giving their thoughts. I think this is going to be a great medium, a great avenue for Pokemon to reach a broader base. I think it's super cool. Um, You know, I appreciate Pokemon's willingness to like, not only take advantage of sort of like quarantine home time and you know, if you if you saw any of the podcasts today, like, you know, people are recording from their homes and like there's a lot of production value going into it. Like they're trying really hard to take advantage of, of the people who know stuff about the games that they have at their uh, disposal, I guess you could say. I don't disposal sounds kind of worse than <laughs> maybe it <laughs> I intend, but sure, it's, it's super cool. I, I appreciate them like trying to delve more into content. It, it harkens back to some of the more recent articles that they've done that's been run by um yeah. You know, Chris Shemansky, Stefan Avanov, um, like these really good players that they pulled in to do these articles. And now they're pulling in some of their uh, more familiar faces and their staff to do this podcast. And I, 
you know, I, I haven't listened to the episode yet. I have seen some clips of it. I, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. Um, I'm yeah, excited I, to see what they I do. did get the. I did get the chance to listen to part of it today. I skipped ahead to the TCG portion and I thought, you know, it was a great overview of the metagame and kind of unique decks and maybe things that people weren't expecting if they've been following along over the course of the last few weeks in the Players' Cup. I I thought it was well done um, for, you know, for what it is uh, being this kind of metagame podcast. I hope that they do branch out though and explore different topics. It, it seems that it's going to be a seasonal cast for these kinds of, you know, players cups if they do decide to have, you know, future ones. And so, you know, there is an end date to this. I believe it was September 9th is what I read on Pokemon.com. But even so, it would be kind of cool to see this kind of be a year-round thing where they maybe go into different topics instead of just making it, you know, four episodes based around Players' Cup and that's it. You know, would like to see them, much like this podcast, go into some more unique, interesting uh, topics. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that they're gauging as well, like using this time to figure out what exactly they're getting out of it and if people are consuming it. Um, and I don't know if these are like pre-recorded and, and they've like, because there is a lot of production value from what I've seen. Um, right. But, you know, regardless, I, I think right now they're doing a trial period. If it's wildly successful, especially if they do more players cops in the future, I think there's a pretty easy opportunity for them to continue that effort. And, uh, you know, they have the framework all there. It'd be a shame to see them work on all that and like kind of put it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also that if you're listening and you love tag team, then, you know, I think there could be opportunity for collaboration in the future. How cool would that be for us to be with, you know, po play Pokemon, do, uh, uh, you know, either hosting one of their podcasts or being on one of their, I mean, that'd just be so cool. I I'm excited for that. And just kind of the possibilities, not just for us, but for uh, fan and player engagement. I think it could be really cool if they bring in, you know, certain people, I would love to see uh, top players be interviewed or <clears throat> just put in maybe unique settings that only play Pokemon can bring about. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see them use the resources that they have and like to their full extent, right? Um, but, you know, uh, we do say a lot of trash about TCGO clients, so maybe we're not the best candidates. <laughs> <laughs> have we dunk, uh, dug ourselves too big a hole? We might have at this point. We might have at this point. <clears throat> That being said, you know I still think it's a cool, a cool endeavor. I, I'm excited to see them carry that out. Um, I, you know, it's it's kind of tough. People were criticizing it on Twitter. I felt kind of bad because, you know, the teams who are working about on <laughs> these podcasts are not the same teams who are working on development for the TCGO client. Right. Uh, right. It seems kind of unfair to conflate the two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But so, I, you know, regardless, I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I yeah. think more people should, you know, keep a, <laughs> a clear mind about themselves. Like they're doing their best. Um, you know, the client itself is disparate from what they're trying to do with like content and, you know, the tournament yeah. scene and all that. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I think now is a good segue though to, you know, we talked about the, the recent going ons. Um, but I'd like to dig a little bit deeper in a darkness to plays. Obviously, you haven't had a much of a chance to test since you were in your isolation period. Um, I'm sure That's you right. gained a lot of wisdom from the wilderness. I did. Yeah. How to <laughs> let things go. Yeah. Primarily. Yeah. I realized in my isolation just how much kind of pent up feelings I had just about kind of things that don't matter. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. You get sure. away from social media and you get away from, I mean, even like friends or certain friend groups, not to say that our friend group is bad by any means, but you just kind of come back in like a refreshed mood and really realize like, Oh, okay. This is very important. This is very important. This not so important. You know, that other thing, not so important. So it really kind of cleared my head, but yeah, darkness plays. I am stoked. I am. I, I'm always excited for these new, um, particularly for the post rotation format. I'm really, really excited. Anytime there's a rotation and 
I just have a question for you, Riley. If you're going into this new format, be it the two-week format or the post-rotation format, kind of what are your thoughts on how you should test for the formats? And you can choose either one, but what, what are kind of some initial thoughts that you have on testing for a new format? Sure. Uh, I think testing from a, for a new format, you always start with what you know is good and works and work from there, right? So um, a good example is, you know, heading into Worlds last year, you knew that Picaram was going to be a huge factor and was a, clearly a good deck, uh, regardless of what happened in uh, Unified Vines. So that was where you can start from and you kind of build everything out from there. Um, I think that's generally the framework you should use when you head into a new format like what is the current titan what stands up to that how do you deal with all that moving forward um and so in this format what that would spell out as is a lot of these like zashian variants the dragapult variants um dragapult obviously taking a huge hit to the fact that the uh, darkness of blaze features the dark cards <laughs> yes <laughs> aptly named set darkness of blaze um yes so but still like those are solid archetypes that you can fall back on and serve as a basis for your testing even pikaram still is like something that you can use as a basis for testing um, yeah lost a little bit of footing but still yeah. um and then from there you can do sort of the the build a deck archetypes um you know every we've talked about this a couple times in the podcast where there's clearly out of the set archetypes that you can utilize and work with um mm -hmm. so Classic example would be a turn of this VMAX with Crobat and Hoopa. I like that's yeah. clearly something that's being like set up for you. Like take the hint and try it out. Um, yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, take the obvious combos, work from there. And then once you start to get a feel for what's already good and what's changing in those, in those decks, and once you get a feel for like the obvious choices and what works in them, then you can actually get into the thing, like into the weeds and think, oh, well, okay. So, you know, turn of this is really good. Uh, this is the engine that I've solidified for it. Now, having played it against existing good archetypes, let's <laughs> now try some of these counter decks. You know, let's play the Phalanx yeah. of the world. Let's play, let's play the Stone Journeyers of the world and the Santa Condas. Yeah. Um, and maybe you see that those decks are really good and they benefit a lot from this new card in the set. Um, well, then you can start testing out sort of more of the triangular kind of metas where maybe there's some deck that beats those and the turn of this beats up on those. Um, I think that's really the way that you have to dive into sets is um, start with known quantities and expand your horizons from there. And I think yeah. if you try too hard to immediately dive into the deep end, um, then you end up a little lost. And yeah, you can definitely get lost in the sauce. I was just going to bring that up is that if you go too far in uh, just, oh, if you stray too far from the light, you're just going to be stuck like fumbling through the darkness. So <laughs> I would a very poignant quote there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good good for Pokemon in life, really. Uh, but I would stay close to the close to the chest, play the ADPs, play the Picaroms, like you said, play the things that Pokemon is literally throwing at us that they want us to play. I mean, we saw, you know, in the in the Rebel Clash, Dragapult eventually turned out to be, you know, a tier one deck, arguably the best deck in the format. I you know, yeah. that some people might say that it was the best deck in the format. And then I think we now are moving into, okay, Eternatus being that kind of thing that, you know, Pokemon just really wants us to play. And so go with those kinds of things, find the basis of what the metagame like should maybe should be is, is the wrong word. I, I, I don't quite know how to, how to articulate what I mean, but find the strong pillars of the format and then branch out from there. Yeah. Exactly. And that's exactly how I would, how I would like rephrase that or reframe it. Um, yeah. The problem is, and granted, like this isn't a, a slight, like if you want to dive into crazy stuff right away, that's fine. Like yeah. I'll, I'll more power yeah. to you. What I think is been, like from an efficiency and like beneficial to your testing standpoint, not the same as like yeah. just playing for fun and not the same as just playing the decks that you want to try out um, is that you start with those pillars and what that'll help is when you get into more of the weeds and think of the crazy decks, when you build the Spiritomb decks of the world, um, decks You'll like have those really... benefit so much from knowing mm -hmm. what the big decks look like, play like, how they act. Like, you can't you can't form a good basis for how those decks should be played until you have the big boys ready. And usually yeah. the big boys, they start off at least relatively obvious as far as, like, 
the cores of them. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So that's how I would approach it. I think you're relatively similar in that approach. Um, yeah. Well, because it's, I mean, you're kind of building, a, yes, we're adding a new set, but when you look at it in like the ratio of new cards to old cards, like it's not really, you know, it's very heavily tilted in favor of what we've already seen. So we've put all this time into these lists and we perfected these archetypes that maybe only gain one or two new cards uh, and sometimes in very small quantities. And so we have these kind of established cards and established archetypes. Don't go too far away from those in initial testing because you need to get a feel for how the new cards not only interact with that uh, in the deck itself, but how maybe a new archetype interacts against that uh, yeah. to form a metagame. And what I'll say as well to like expand upon that further is there might be an existing deck that's like a staple deck and even benefits from a new set that can't stand up at all to the new decks. But... Mm it's still worth it to start from there and realize, oh, this is inferior to the new things. Let's build from there. Um, right. Like it's right. always I a think, worthy starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true too. It's like, and, and especially when you're looking to a new metagame, you know that not everyone is going to immediately shift over to the new stuff. So that's also something to keep in mind when you're building these decks is like, does it stand up to what people have been playing? Uh, because if people just port over their old archetype, um, then, and your new archetype doesn't stand up to the old stuff, then you can really easily just cross that off your testing list. And that's a very easy way to uh, find out whether or not this archetype is still worth pursuing in the future. If it just doesn't stand up to a list that has already been played uh, and has already been perfected, then there's no real reason to continue testing it, in my yeah. eyes. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. I want to build upon that a little further, not really this specific question, but you asked about, you know, you brought up examples of like the two week format or the darkness of blaze format. Are you going to mess around at all with the two week format? Or are you going to jump right into rotation stuff? What's your plan? No, I'm going to test the two week format. There is a tournament that is coming up in the two week format that is giving away cash prizing. And uh, I feel like this would just be a good opportunity. I, I've really wanted to compete competitively for the last month and I just haven't had that opportunity. And so I'm excited to try the two week format. I do think that it's going to be um, unorthodox. I do think, you know, just initially that something like, I, I really am fearful and am interested to see the types of Vigavolt lists that come out. That to me seems like the deck that has the most pre-rotation potential in terms of it has uh, Electro Power and it has Thunder Mountain and, and you know it has all these tools that you can use to really buff Vigavolt. And so that's the deck that I'm most interested to try. That's the deck that I'm most interested to find counters to. It might not end up being the best deck, but it certainly for me has a lot of kind of hype surrounding it in my in my eyes and i think a lot of other players as well but it just has these tools that it won't have post rotation so i really want to dig into the possibilities in this pre-rotation format yeah the pre-rotation formats are always pretty crazy and it's it's kind of nice that we have a tournament in that format because what really sucks heading into actual worlds is when you get the set drop on dcgo but you can't actually play ladder or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember being so upset about that last year. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, no value in playing on the ladder because everyone was just playing their pre-rotation decks. It's like, what's the point here? <laughs> well, you do have those You do have those good souls that go out there and do try to play post-rotation. You know, bless their hearts, man. But Bless their hearts. But I just, playing on the ladder to try and find them is painful. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, you'll get like 90% through a game and then all like the last game winning card is the card that's rotated or something. Oh yeah, definitely. That happened a lot to me last year. That's so really funny. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to be back. It's, so the point is though, it's cool that we're you know taking yeah. advantage of this format. Um, yeah. I kind of liked when Worlds, you know, I, I see arguments both ways, but I liked when Worlds included like the pre-rotation format. Um, for the reason that it just seems like a good summary of the season. Yeah, you know? yeah, that that's a really great point. Yeah, I was just going to use that word summary because it kind of gives us a little cherry on top. It, it it really does feel like the format like doesn't shift entirely, but it just kind of adds a new color to the yeah. palette. 
that freshens things up for you know a couple of weeks and then it's all gone and you know it's kind of this poof and this this cloud of 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 you know kind of specialness that doesn't get too stale you know it's just very very fresh so i don't know i kind of like this extra extra format i think it adds a lot yeah and i i think there's still value in like the in the actual world's format being like post rotation yeah. um it, you know it shows off some adaptability and how you're sure. able to like shift your focus you know sure. to a completely new metagame um but it, it to me it seems a little odd because it's like not the same rotation that you had qualified to worlds in <laughs> right know? right <laughs> yeah know? that's like, true you know yeah. if someone had played gotten all of their cp with the buzzle gx card or something and you know and that rotates it's like well that's a bummer <laughs> sorry <laughs> sure yeah you can really be good with a specific archetype and then immediately see it go out the window which i mean there are pros and cons to that like we've outlined but yeah uh, yeah it's not necessarily objectively good or bad are you planning on playing anything either pre-rotation or post-rotation i'm sure post-rotation with like tournament keys i'm really excited to see how they work those into yeah uh, the client but uh are you doing any pre-rotation probably a little bit um I haven't experimented at all in that format. I don't have you either. Have you messed around with pre-rotation? In the pre-rotation format, I've only watched the yeah. videos. I've only really, I've only really messed around with post-rotation. Um, so it'll kind of be like a regression of, of thought process. <laughs> to, yeah. But um, you know, with the TCGO ladder as an option, it's pretty easy to dive into it. So there you go. Um, there you go, guys. Remember to record your games. Write down your testing results. That'll help you immensely. So let's open the floor up now to some viewer questions. Millennial3 says, what decks are y'all excited to play build from Darkness Ablaze? I said Vikavolt. Riley, is there one that you're particularly interested in playing? Yeah, I mean, I've called out a couple of times that I am excited generally for Eternatus because I like mm -hmm. big bench decks. Uh, you know, Zor got me my regional championship. Mega Ray was one of the most fun decks, uh, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm excited for Eternatus. I know it's like a vanilla answer, but it's it's super cool. Um, yeah, and then really outside of the realm of Darkness Ablaze, but more into like things that are impacted by it. I'm excited to see Turbo Patch interacting with new, with old existing kinds of cards. Um, sure. And like what you know, what are the cards that just need like a little bit of a boost to be viable? Um, sure. I'm excited to like dig into those as well. Absolutely. I love finding. The we niche. also have a. <laughs> What's that? I love finding like the niche little cards. You know. Yes. Yes. Vialzabozo says, what rotating card are you most relieved to see leave standard format? I, I think for me, I... Dust Mane Necrozma. That was a meme answer. I, I think for me, actually, um, it's Chirachi Prism Star. <laughs> That's like a little bit of an unorthodox answer. Like I know that they're probably most That's, realistically it's a Jirachi, When did Jirachi Prism Star come out? Celestial Storm. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it's gone. Uh, um. So that's the one that I'm most relieved to see standard. <laughs> Leave in standard. That, that's so funny. I didn't even think about Jirachi Prism Star as being a card that rotates. Um, right. Honestly, for me, it's probably Thunder Mountain um i hated that card man it just felt it made games feel so sacky um it was such a big swing and stadiums were always so unreliable to actually search and find um, yeah and similarly electro power i i just hated how much lightning got so much love at once and it was actually so frustrating to me <laughs> but it i i don't know it never really truly dominant i mean i don't know what you would consider domination i feel i felt like it never truly dominated a format like it was never and no it didn't but i, it I didn't think in a lot to. of players like, eyes, it was never it didn't have BDIF. to a format for it to be frustrating when pikaram just turn one hits like thunder mountain three electric powers and knocks you out for, and, like, yeah also fair enough bench. fair enough like <laughs> and that that's only enabled by like thunder mountain plus like sure. cards like thunder mountain and electric power restrict I've talked about this a lot with like other cards, but like cards like that restrict the design space that all lightning types can live in, you know, because they have to be balanced around Coco Prism, Thunder Mountain combo. Um, sure. Until they rotate. So sure. 
now like you can actually open up the floor for like interesting lightning type cards that aren't entirely revolving around getting a bunch of energy on the board yep which is what we've seen like every lightning card besides toxicity has been about getting as much energy on the board as possible pretty much that's true very true so guy kid says do you think galissapod will be good yes i'm a i'm a huge fan of galissapod i think that card is awesome so it does 30 plus 50 for each V and uh, GX on the opponent's side of the field. So, you know, you're looking at these Eternatus decks that might have, you know, a couple of Eternatus down. They might have a couple of Crobats down and you're hitting, you know, for good numbers there for relatively cheaply. So I love Galispod. I think um, they did an they did an OK job incorporating some basic or some non V Pokemon into this set, Galissapod, Hoopa, Greedent to an extent, Decidueye, like to an extent, those both have, you know, very significant you flaws. Were, you but were more hype I still on Decidueye for a while. Well, it was really good. I think you just can't beat ADP, but it it has a decent matchup spread. Yeah. So you know, still, it just still on that. I'm not off it. <laughs> it just it'll it, i mean it, it really does depend on how big adp is because i think the the list that andrew created and that we tested on the stream was very strong it beat a lot of things it just it can't beat fire which i think that's a fine l to take i don't know how big fire is going to be especially in this kind of two-week format but then adp is the real killer for that deck because you just can't beat adp sadly and i think that makes the deck almost unplayable there's so many decks where that's like the death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unlucky. <laughs> Super unlucky. Man. That's another no. card that's like restricted the entire design space is ADP. Um, but we got another yeah, AD- ADP definitely ADP definitely felt like the card that like should have rotated. Ironically, it came out like one of the latest cards in the block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It just, it feels like it's been in the format for so long and it's still going to be causing a lot of problems here in, in future formats. It's, I mean, it's the kind of card that'll cause problems until it rotates. <laughs> yeah, ADP is not even old at all. It came out at LAIC. Remember that? No, I I don't really. <laughs> don't you, I, I just don't, don't you remember yeah. all the... The hype of LAIC you had the ADP Keldeos versus the uh, the Guzzlord Naganadels, and that was like um... the format. <laughs> and then Charizard uh, won the whole thing. Um, yeah, I do remember Charizard winning. I just don't remember a lot of hype for ADP. That's Maybe crazy. I just... ADP was like the most played deck, and it just I, came okay. Out. So the pro- so my problem is that oftentimes, like if I didn't play in that format, which I definitely did not play in that format. Like, I, I don't think I had a tournament in that format. I just will forget that existed. Like, if it doesn't have a personal value to me, then I will just completely forget it existed. And I feel like I go through cards so fast and go through formats so fast, and I've been playing the game for so long that, like, my <laughs> tiny little pea brain can only remember, yeah. you know, very specific formats sure. that either, like, I did a very, I had a very good performance in or that I, like, tested a lot for. And that just wasn't one of those. So in my brain, it kind of got lost. I think I think the act, the cop out answer is Dialga is altering space time and it, it feels like it's been here for long. Yeah, it really ADP has. still you know bothering me. It's mental now though. <laughs> <laughs> Dialga is making our perception of time seem incredibly long. Is, is that's right? I think the problem. Um, so there you go. <laughs> answer solved. Derek in chat asking, are there any meme decks that you'll invest some time into? It depends on what the threshold for meme is, I suppose. Um, I I kind of mentioned earlier, I want to play Sandaconda Colossal. I don't know if that extends all the way into meme or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anytime you're using a stage two to power up something is probably a meme. At least right now, for sure. When it has a ability that's even remotely similar to Strong Charge, it's a meme. Like, yeah. if your stage two ability is, like, Deluge or something, maybe you can get away with not being a meme. <laughs> but if it's something more akin to Strong Charge, I think you're doomed. Yeah. I'm excited, like we talked about in the in the earlier segment, just all the VMAXs that now have a 
have a viable way to accelerate onto themselves that isn't like an attack. You know, uh, I just think that that'll open up a lot of new possibilities for previously, you know, they, they will probably still remain weak VMAXs, but there are a few that I just really think can take advantage again of this Rose engine set. So meme, you know, that would probably be the biggest meme is to try to make every single VMAX deck work together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like a 111 line or a 1111111 line of every single VMAX ever created. This is what Pokemon <laughs> intended. <laughs> I think we found a perfect question to, well, I have a second one and then we'll loop back to it. Uh, so okay. Merciless in, in chat asks, do you think stage two Pokemon should be more powerful, maybe to withstand a Bravely, but not enough to really knock out a V or GX? Um, yes, for sure. Stage Pokemon are way too weak right now. Uh, the effort to put them out is not nearly worth the, the payoff for getting it out. Yeah, no chance. It's actually absurd. The The cost reward there is so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. that Like, you look at Decidueye, I think, is the premier stage two to come out of this upcoming format. It has 140 health, which is, you know, it, which is half, which is half of ADP. That, <laughs> It just, it's absurd, you know, all the hoops that you had to go through to try to get these guys out and you don't really get much in return. <laughs> so last question I wanted to cover uh, is Mask Dave asks, have you guys put any more thought into Stone Journey or VMAX with the Rose engine? Very excited to start testing it once the set drops. And so Mask Dave, it sounds like you weren't here for the start of the cast because indeed JW Crewall has been <laughs> looking at Stone Journey or VMAX with the Rose engine. I mean, you look at it and, uh, you know, 200 damage, you're one-shotting Eternatus, you're one-shotting Vikavolt, you're one-shotting Pikaram and Raichu, Raichu, you have a built-in tank ability, you, I don't know, you have access to Rose, it just seems like the pieces might be there for this so deck. Great, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to make, like, this big prediction on it, because I could be completely wrong, we get the card, I haven't test been able to test this in the pre-rotation format yet but it just seems like a combo that should work really well like it, it seems like that's the best vmax pokemon and now the vmax pokemon uh, the best fighting type vmax pokemon <laughs> yeah it's a little oh, sorry a little sorry, incorrect sorry. i think to it's, say. it's the best fighting type <laughs> vmax pokemon and now vmaxes get support so if the metagame shifts more toward these fighting weak attackers like vikavolt and eternatus then that should make a lot of room for stone journer broken so if you take away anything from the cast today keep your friends close and your stone journeys closer my name is riley holbert joined by jw creeball appreciate y'all listening today and we'll catch you next time peace see ya